He's a native Texan, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is The Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a man of froggy morning. Froggy morning. Be careful. Uh, just uh, the stretch I do between Fredericksburg and Kerrville um, uh, was, um, I believe, Dawn Acre described it best. She kind of said the closer you get to Kerrville, the foggier it gets. I don't know. That may just, uh, who knows, that may just have something to do with Kerrville, I, I don't know. It is, uh, but anyway, or it may just be geography. So, uh, but uh, yeah, fo- the fog is thick out there. Please, please turn on your headlights. Um, I know that that's, you know, we all count on our headlights turning on. We've got all that automatic stuff, but uh, when it's bright enough, um, they, they just don't turn on. And so foggy might be bright enough, so you're automatically don't come on. And don't worry, your magic car will let you know when you get out of the car and you've turned your lights on to manual, it will let you know. It confused me so much this morning, I opened the door and I had the keys in my hand and the truck was still beeping. And I'm thinking, no, 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 it only beeps when I, if I, the keys are left in it. And I'm sitting there looking at my keys and wondering why the truck is beeping. And I went, oh, that's because the lights are on manual. So, anyway... Go ahead and turn your lights on. Slow down a little bit. Don't pass in no passing zones. I did not see that this morning, so I was very happy. Yesterday, great big old truck, great big old pickup truck, just passing in a no passing zone, and uh, you can't see that far. All right, folks, we got a great show lined up for you. Uh, It's day two of the Shelby Park standoff. So we'll try to get a report on that. We're also going to have Jonathan Sines on the line with me. Um, and I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the uh, hand count experience. I went to hand count training last night, Chapter 65 of uh, Texas Code, that uh, um, shows you how to do hand count, that gives you permission to hand count. I want to talk to that. And um, Okay, now I need to figure out where... There you go. Boy, I was getting some weird noises in my head. Sorry about that interruption. Um, So here we go. We've uh, got some things on your calendar. Friday, 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 the 26th, we have uh, Moms for Liberty meeting in uh, Fredericksburg. Um, I think it is, I was, uh, the email I got on Monday said that uh, you could, they said that, the email I got on Monday said that uh, that was the last day to RSVP. So that is what I've the message I've gotten. If you um, want to uh, uh, reach out to Moms for Liberty, if this is the first time you're hearing about it, and uh, you want to reach out to Moms for Liberty, you can go through Moms for Liberty, their national website, and uh, scoop it on down to Texas um and then gillespie county and you'll find uh, the inf- the contact information you need to reach uh, moms for liberty but of course if you'd been getting your fredericksburg tea party newsletter for three at least three weeks maybe four there has been uh, quite a large uh, ad or not ad but information about this meeting on the 26th so just open up one of those 
Um, also on the 26th, Friday, uh, Noncompliant to the Sheriff. This is the film that Chris Ann Hall gave us a preview for when she was at the Fredericksburg Tea Party a couple of weeks ago. This uh, showing is going to take place at Faith Christian Church. Please ignore any other places you have may have heard this was going to show. Um, there were technical, technical issues with the uh, first scheduled place, and uh, that is now, uh, so there, yeah, Faith Christian Church, 1205 Sydney Baker in Kerrville, brought to you by the Kerr County Patriots. Um, that is Friday night at, I believe, 6 o'clock. Um, don't know why I don't have the time on here. Um, let's go out further. The third uh, on uh, the first Saturday prayer in Kerrville is going to take place at Zion Lutheran, um, as it does every first Saturday from 1 to 2 um, at Zion Lutheran. And then going on out further on your schedule, and this is going to be a really big deal, on the 15th of February, that's right, the day after uh, the day after Valentine's, there is going to be a very important uh, candidate forum in Kerr County. Um, this 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 is going to be important, and uh, those voters in Kerr County, they need to uh, you need to get to this uh, forum. Um, okay, your future is on the line. All right, so um, bring you some words of wisdom from Ben Franklin before we go to a short uh, commercial break. And uh, then we will be right back. And uh, we've got Jonathan Sines on the line on uh, with us today. So uh, Ben Franklin says it's better to slip with your foot than your tongue. It is better to slip with your foot than your tongue. Listen, have someone who gets on the radio and talks for about uh, 42 minutes every day it is easy to slip with the tongue. Very easy to slip with the tongue. Um, but uh, Ben says uh, it's better if you slip with your foot and not your tongue. Good ones. Uh, uh, ben Franklin. And uh, folks, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. He's seen a few skirmishes in his time. Matt Log on the Hill Country Patriot. The Hill Country Patriot. All right, we are back, and uh, I have on the line with me Mr. Jonathan Science with uh, Texas Values. You can go to txvalues.org or txvaluesaction. Dot org and uh, after two weeks um, it's nice to have Jonathan back on the program with us welcome back Jonathan science hey, it's great to be with you um, so we I was looking at your website at uh, txvalues.org and it showed that on Monday there was going to be a vote either Monday or Tuesday a vote by the uh, Shack uh, um, Student Health Advisory Council at the Fort Worth ISD to choose which um, sex, re whichever reproduction course or what have you that they were going to do on that, uh, have that vote on Monday night, maybe Tuesday night. I'm, I apologize for getting the dates. Um, no, it was Monday night. 
I'm just looking at a story from yesterday. Do we know how that vote went? I know there was some exciting things that happened during the meeting, but do we know how the vote went? Well, you know, you sent me a note about this last night, and I forgot to check with a member of my team on it, to be honest with you, Matt. Um, let me see if, if I can get uh, a note from Mary Elizabeth. I, You know, when I talked to a member of the team yesterday, to your point, I know that um, there was a lot of celebrating going on. And so uh, my understanding is that things did work out the way we wanted, but um, uh, I'll have Mary Elizabeth send me a, a message just a minute to okay. give me some more details on And, um, you know, in this issue, it's kind of interesting. It was not getting a lot of public attention. I don't know um, if people understand what a shack is, but uh, this is a schoolhouse advisory committee. This is a group of people that, are not elected, if you will. They're not um, not necessarily employees of the school district, but they it's kind of an oversight, right? See if everything's going on on these things related to schools, and you know they can have an influence on what type of curriculum and sex education uh, is taught. And um, so they they're required to follow open meeting tax, um, but you don't see them quite as you know, getting as much public attention as your traditional school board meeting. But we know a lot of people in Fort Worth. One of our board members is very well connected in Fort Worth, Vince Puente and others. And um, so we got some inside knowledge, if you will, okay. some early knowledge. Of and here's what was going on is there were two different types of curriculum that were being considered for sex education. And I want people to understand, first of all, in the state of Texas, School districts are not required to teach sex ed. That's right. All right. Um, and so they don't have to teach this off. They don't want to. Now, the reality is many of them do. So when we get involved in these issues, we're trying to steer them the direction of having sex education that is uh, parent-friendly, that respects parental rights, and doesn't get into some um, inappropriate topics and is abstinence-focused. So one of the... Um, one of the curriculums that was being considered, the State Board of Education has already voted down and said this is not a good idea to use. Now, the school, the State Board of Education does not have complete control over those things anymore. They used to, mm-hmm. but um, can have an impact on whether or not schools get any funding to support some of those programs. So there is still some relevance to those State Board of Education votes. Right. Um, but we started operating in this space a lot more recently in the past couple of years, because what we are finding is a lot of sort of the work and decisions, if you will, were being made at the student health advisory committee level, the SHAC level, and the you know the the uh, school board was sort of just rubber stamping it. So you got to be engaged a little bit earlier in the process to make sure that you have some influence over it. Uh, so um, that's why we're getting more involved in this. And so I, I encourage people ask the School board members in your area, uh, who's on the shack? Uh, when do they meet? The School Health Advisory Committee, and what have they decided? And you can help us be more connected and, and aware of what's going on. And in cases like this, when we need to jump in early, that's a service that we can provide. I could I could go in, Jonathan, about our local shack and what insanity has it has been. Just in the last couple of years, it has been created dissolved just out of the clear blue sky just say yeah that shack's no good we're starting another one 
that has happened several times here in Fredericksburg, and so that's a that's a topic for another day. But I was screws while you were um, uh, talking. I was looking, and apparently, and you did mention that there were two choices that they were going uh, between. And one of them, I believe, that we favor, and I say we more conservative, and it's called uh, choosing the best, and that is what they did vote on and passed. And if you go to choosingthebest.com, they claim to be the leader in abstinence-centered um, uh, SRA education. Um, I, I, I don't know enough about any of these uh, five publishers that were in the running but is this, uh, to your knowledge, is this probably the best choice? Well, we have a lot more confidence in it, you know. And um, there, and like I said, it's always sort of with a caveat of the, you know, we always think it's best for the parent to be teaching about this stuff primarily, and you know, in, in the school to be uh, less involved in it. But if they're going to teach it, there are some that are better than others, and that was our impression. Is there was one of them that was stronger. And the other one was, you know, we were, you know, really concerned about uh, the possibility. Um, hang on just a second. Yes, sir. And um, and so that's sometimes the situation you're in, right? And, and sometimes people can be irritated. Let's vote them all down, right? Yeah. Maybe. Right? Maybe you sometimes need to just vote everything down and say, let's not teach any of that stuff. But sometimes there is a product that is abstinence-focused and... If they're going to teach something, it just feels like sometimes that's it. They're going to teach something. Let's give them something that's at least uh, pretty good and we have a little bit more influence on and we feel like is uh, trying to you know, protect the values that we care about and keep some of that other stuff out and be abstinence-focused. And that's the reality of sometimes these policy issues. You try to get the best outcome you can with the limited um, options. And, so, and that was the case here. Um, and look, I mean, this stuff is all around us. You've got pressure from groups that want to get way beyond just teaching sex. They want to normalize things. They want to lie to kids and tell them that certain risky behaviors related to sex are okay. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to down. I, I don't want to suggest that you know let's take any kind of win we can get. That's not the the mindset. But there is a mindset that, whoo, wow, that was going to really be bad. This one's pretty good. And so when you look at the two options, it definitely feels like a win. Okay. That's good to hear. Give some advice to parents. Um, I'm not sure. I've been reading a couple of articles recently about schools that are not taking books off the library shelves. Uh, they're leaving books in there, inappropriate books in uh, the school libraries. And I'm not sure if there's confusion on the parts of uh, including me um, from what I understand, uh, the 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 one of the the book law I'm most familiar with doesn't go into effect for a while, and it's the onus is going to be on the um, on the publishers, and I think maybe even a, a a judge has already maybe even stopped that process. But is is it at this point in time are these vile books still allowed in Texas uh, uh, public uh, school libraries? School libraries. Well, we do have a court ruling on House Bill 900, which is probably the one you're referring to that yes, passed this session. And the courts have, have stopped that law from going into effect. So okay. you can make the argument that, you know, the, um, the law that we have designed to protect against that 
is facing some challenges in court, that doesn't mean that it's okay to have that stuff in school. I mean, there are other reasons why it should be in there. There are other laws that you could argue that address that. But the one bill that was passed that is point on this issue is being held up in the court right now. It's being okay. uh, they're preventing us from using it to enforce these common sense measures. Uh, but I think one of the things that people can do right now is talk to their school about it. Hey, there's a new state law, and we've got information on our website about it. There's a new state law. Are you following it, or do you know? Are you aware of it? And do you have this kind of content in your schools? Right? They can they can be asking the schools if this is something that they're doing. We sent a letter to every public school district in the state of Texas uh, towards the end of last year with details about these different laws, including HB 900, that went into effect. Because we know a lot of times the school districts either ignore it or they act like they haven't seen it, or they get advice from, from Texas Association of School Board, TASB, that's usually opposite of our view, <laughs> and I think a lot of times they downplay what these laws are supposed to do, or they give a, a liberal view of them. So, you know, that's an important thing for parents, but it is concerning right now that, that we're in this space that we are. We're working on the legal side to support those laws uh, in the court cases. We filed a brief. Last week on Senate Bill 14 as well, this is a bill that deals with gender modification and protecting kids from those dangerous sex change procedures. I look, the left has loaded up on court cases right now. And so if people can think about that, if you've got lawyers that want to jump in and help, if you can support us financially, we're spending more time on court case work right now than we have in a while because we have some critical laws that we need to make sure get protected. Uh, Jonathan Science with uh, Texas Values, Texas Values Action, and um, they are these are the people we've always been looking for. The lawyers. That's one of the biggest frustration in the grassroots conservative movements is how and where do we get lawyers and how do we get money to get a lawyer? And organizations like Texas Values and Jonathan Science are the lawyers and are fighting on our behalf. After we've done the groundwork of, of getting these bills passed, um, uh, groups like Texas Values take up the fight for us in the courtroom, and we need to support that. Any any uh, message uh, you want to leave our listeners with today, Jonathan? Well, yeah, I just got a little bit more detail from Mary Elizabeth about Monday night. Okay. And the, the Schoolhouse Advisory Committee did vote to move forward on a curriculum you were, you were mentioning that is abstinence focus, but it's not over. There's there's another meeting on February 5th where um, they're actually going to vote. So they made the recommendation that uh-huh. they'll move forward, move forward with the, the better option, but that's not the end of the process. Mary Elizabeth sent me a lot of good information that, um, you know, our side, if you will, flooded the meeting. And, and um, kudos to a Someone in the community, I don't know if I can name this woman's name, that reached out to us a week and a half ago, and our good friend Cheryl Bean, who's up there in Fort Worth, who connected us as well, and we got to the right people and got them help. That's what we do, though. You know, Matt, I tell people, we have a comprehensive approach to advocacy. Whatever tool we need to pull out of the toolbox to address these issues, we will. And so we showed up, and a lot of other great people showed up, and we got a good result, but uh, February 5th, there'll be a vote. All right, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, Happy New Year. If I hadn't said it yet, oh, and by the way, I received your package yesterday. I want to thank you very, very much for that. 
it'll it'll uh, be yeah. it'll it'll go today to the person I wanted it for. So thank you very much. Oh, for Monday was the, the, the day that Roe versus Wade had been overturned 50 years ago, January 22nd. It's no longer a significant day to some degree, but that book about the pro-life leaders in the past 50 years, people can go online if they want to get a copy of it. And as we go into this election season, the pro-life issue is going to be one of the big ones. Check out our resource, freevotersguide.com, as we get into a heavy election season so you can be equipped. Check out our churches and elections document so you can find out what's okay for your church to do during the season. All right, that's it. From Jonathan Science, y'all go to txvalues.org, txvaluesaction.org. And um, we're going to take a short break right now, and I'm going to do the best to give you the most recent border update. I will be going to X during the break. So if I don't come back after the break, it's because I got lost in the X. Y'all stay tuned. There's more where that came from. Matt Log on the Hill Country Patriot. I'll be back. All right, we are back, and um, I was looking to uh, see if uh, our friend, uh, you know, we called uh, um, Brandon Waltons yesterday on the uh, uh, while he was down at Eagle Pass, and uh, I was hoping that he would have a new post um, uh, uh, this morning. He doesn't, but he's got a really good post from yesterday evening that kind of wraps everything up. And I would like to go ahead and play that post. So if I can, uh, let's see, here we go. This is the latest, and this is from yesterday evening. And this is Brandon Walton's with the Texas Scorecard. Let's see how I got this, see if I got this, uh, all the buttons pushed right. Will Texas hold the line when it comes to the southern border? It's January 23rd, 2024, and this is a special edition of Daily Headlines. We're coming back to you. Right now, we're outside of Shelby Park, which, if you've been paying attention, has been essentially ground zero for what has become a standoff between the federal government and the state government when it comes to protecting Texas's southern border. Okay, to catch you up, a little bit of the context. Yesterday, the U.S. Supreme Court issued a ruling that essentially struck down an injunction that was provided by the Fifth Circuit, which prevented the Biden administration from ordering Border Patrol to come in and cut down some of the concertina wire fencing that Texas had placed along the border that had been effective in keeping illegal aliens out. Well, now the question is, what will the state government do in response? Now, today, we have not seen any Border Patrol come into this area. The state government has essentially seized Shelby Park. Uh, there's a lot of restrictions on who can come in, who can come out when it comes to media or the public. But one thing is for sure, uh, federal agents are not being allowed inside. And for now, the concertina wire has remained. It has absolutely stayed there. Um, and it doesn't look like, at least today, like we're going to see uh, Border Patrol come in and try to cut it. Some sources have even told Texas Scorecard that uh, if they do come in by boat by way of the Rio Grande and cut the wire from that direction, that 
uh, the Texas National Guard and DPS, who are uh, part of Operation Lone Star, who are inside Shelby Park right now, are prepared to replace it quickly. And that uh, perhaps even the wire placed along some of the private property uh, that lines much of uh, this part of the Rio Grande, um, where the state has come in and put some of concertina wire there, that if that gets cut, uh, they are prepared to come out and replace that quickly. And so the big theme today has essentially been hold the line. That's uh, the words we saw uh, Chris Olivares, uh, spokesperson for DPS, say last night after the ruling was issued by the Supreme Court. And we've seen Governor Greg Abbott say that today, that Texas is going to hold the line when it comes to maintaining these wires, these barriers that have been, from all accounts, effective, at least where they've been placed in keeping some of the, uh, the illegal migration to a, uh, to a minimum. Uh, talking to uh, some of the people here on the ground, and I'll, I'll note that uh, the the guardsmen and uh, and DPS officers here have been uh, instructed and told not to not to do interviews, not to talk uh, with the media. But we have gathered that uh, just in the last couple days, you've seen illegal crossings at sixty. 60, which sounds like a lot and certainly is a lot, should be zero. Uh, but when you compare that to the hundreds and thousands that we have seen in previous days, previous weeks, um, certainly it shows that what is being done here is working. Now, it is effective at least in moving some of this uh, to at least the port of entry. Now, what happens then, right, when uh, illegal aliens cross um, and, and are put into the hands of Border Patrol? Well, that's that's sort of the, the next question and the next problem. But for right now, uh, doesn't look, it looks like the concertina wire is going to be staying up for now. We're going to continue following this story, of course, um, as well as all of the coverage of what's happening on the Texas border during this border crisis. You can check out more of those stories at texasscorecard.com. All right, there you go. That's Brandon Walton's. That was the uh, latest uh, that I could get. Um, I will, before we check out of here today, I'll see if uh, anything uh, comes up um, before we leave today, maybe in the last quarter, which is just a few minutes away. Um, but I'll keep refreshing on Mr. Uh, at B Walton's, um, on, uh, Twix. Uh, I think I'm the only one in the world calling it Twix, but I think it's perfect name. I don't understand why everybody else doesn't call it Twix. Um, on X, uh, you can follow there. And uh, this is going to be probably the best place that you're going to get really the latest thing that's happening on the border. Here's the uh, here's my question. Here's here's my question is. Um, and it's not even really a question. I'm going to take that back. Here's my statement on this. This is what we have been asking for for years now, ever since Biden came into office and we realized what was going on at the border and that there was a realization that the Department of Home Department of Homeland Security was only going to process illegals rather than turn them back. And so at that point in time when we realized that, there was a real hard push to try to, uh, to, to get Texas just to take charge of that. And at first, none of us knew the legal arguments. Um, now the legal arguments are out there and have been out there. And uh, I was visiting with some folks yesterday, and uh, they said something. We were talking about the border, and, and is Abbott, man, is Abbott going to, he's taking a stand this time, and, and so on and so forth, and it's about time. And uh, 
I had to comment that it, it, it and it, oh Paxton came into the conversation, and I love Lieutenant. I love our Attorney General Paxton. He's a great guy. He's uh, he's he's fantastic. But when it came to the border situation, he was advising the governor while the Arizona law was being challenged in the Supreme Court. He was tell he was tying the hands of the governor to move on the job, move on the border. Um, and as a lawyer, maybe that was the the appropriate thing to do. Um, I don't know what has changed, but um, this idea of Texas sovereignty and them saying, "All right, well, hey, you're in Texas, we're going to control you, you. Back off, get away. You have to have our permission to be here." And uh, and so that's what a lot of us have been wanting is a is for Texas just to stand and. And the idea is that in my head, in my head, if Texas stands and we're finally here, all right, what does the federal government do next? And uh, as uh, I got a, one of our listeners called me yesterday and after the show and said, well, Matt, they're probably going to write a, they're probably going to create a sternly written letter to send to Governor Abbott, which I think is great. <laughs> if that's all that comes out of it, Amazing. Um, but as long as Abbott will stand his ground down there, and I, I, oh, this is even hard for me to say, stand your ground down there until the federal government makes a really stupid move. And if you stand your ground, Governor Abbott, if you will stand by that line you've drawn in the sand, and I'm not being disrespectful to Governor Abbott, I'm using language that we all use, um, but if Governor Abbott will take a stand and keep that stand, regardless of what some idiot judge in Virginia or wherever, this is what Texas needs to do and what Abbott needs to do. And honestly, I, Abbott says he's not going to back down. Are the is the and here's the question: Will the federal government go to arms? to move Texas, to move our Texas and our troopers at that park. I do not believe they will. So how does this all come out? Well, it's a standoff. We're on day two of the Shelby Park standoff. And uh, we're going to keep an eye on that. And I want all of us to, if I, I want you, if you can, call the governor's office and say thank you for taking a stand for drawing a line in the sand. Now, don't back off. Don't back off. That That is where the states have always, they get afraid of this court. They get afraid of that court. And they, they, they you know, uh, what's the federal government going to do? What are they going to do, cut off our money? <laughs> All we got to do is stop sending it to them. I did have in my lineup today to read the letter from uh, Texit that was written by our, uh, oh man, why am I having a missing a name, but I'm going to look it up real quick. Um, our uh, friend Daniel Miller, thank you, Daniel, um, wrote a letter to the governor, and um, it is, uh, it's a pretty good letter. I was going to read it, but I am uh, out of time right now, um, and I really wanted to spend some time in it, so I may bring it back tomorrow. We'll see, but you can look for that. Texit. Um, if you go to find the Texit website, you can find the letter 
written to Governor Abbott, and uh, it's called a circular letter. That's language we don't use anymore. It's called a circular letter. I told you all yesterday I've been reading really getting deep into um, Ben Franklin's uh, harder-to-find works, and uh, one of the things I ran across yesterday was a term called a circular letter. And uh, it was used several times, and I, it's like I finally had to look it up. And what is a circular letter? A letter, a circular letter is one that is open to everyone. It's what we would call today an open letter. Those were called circular letters. In fact, in legal circles today, especially among, ay, 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 especially, uh, yeah, it's a legal term still, circular letters. And so... The that is a letter that is an open letter that is written to everybody. It's written to a specific person, in this case, Governor Abbott, but it is distributed to everyone. It is posted. A circular letter during the time of Ben Franklin would have been sent to the king or to whoever, and then it would have been printed and posted everywhere so that the public would know this is a letter that has been sent to the king. This is a letter that has been sent to Governor Abbott. So there you go, a little bit of history for you from Ben Franklin as I'm learning more and more about Ben Franklin and having to keep my dictionary at hand um, to look up these uh, old terms and old terminology. So text it, look for that letter to Governor Abbott. It is an open letter um, and has is posted everywhere. And uh, I'll, I may go into it tomorrow, but it's worth reading um, but I do want to take a short break right now, and then I want to come back. And um, we've, uh, yeah, going to come back here in a minute. I'm going to talk about my hand count experience yesterday, as well as go into Romans 10 for a little bit. So y'all stay tuned. Texas politicians fear him. He's Matt Long. <laughs> All right, we are back. Fourth quarter of the Matt Long Show. Thank you so much for sticking around. I know you have choices. You can go anywhere. You can listen to anybody every morning, but you tune in to the Matt Long Show, and I really, you you don't know how much I appreciate it. And when I meet people like I did, I met a woman yesterday. um, After the hand count was over, uh, one of the women came up to me and introduced herself and said, um, uh, Mr. Long, uh, my, uh, well, not to say Matt, Matt, we introduced each other and she said, Matt, my husband listens to you every single day. And I said, wow, tell him, thank you. And then she said, and he'll be, he'll break, he'll say, well, that Matt Long, he brought up this, this scripture and he'll tell me the scripture. And I tell you what, when she said that it was like, it wasn't like a knife in the heart, but it was an awakening is something that both my wife and my mother have uh, told me from day one is you need to keep the Lord in this program. You need to keep scripture in this program. And uh, I did for a long time have a scripture every single day, and then it started kind of fading out, and then I ended up talking myself up to the clock, up to the very last second, and realizing I hadn't got to my scripture. And when she told me that yesterday, it made me realize I need to go back and make sure I get that scripture in every day. So I went to hand. So we are getting in that scripture. Don't worry. 
We're going to Romans 10, not Romans 13. So don't be getting all nervous. We're going to be in Romans 10. Uh, so, and if those of you out there who don't know what I'm talking about, getting nervous, Romans 13, go look it up today. Hey, we could do a whole show on Romans 13. Um, but before that, before we get to Romans 10, the hand count. All right. So, chapter 65 of Texas Code says that uh, we can count count ballots by hand if we want to. And there's a law that says it's okay. You can do it. We're not breaking the law by hand counting. And the amazing thing is, I I guess people just think we've been counting machines with magic boxes for the last 250 years. No, we haven't. The history of this country, we've been hand counting ballots. In fact, in the history of this country, I can go back and remember when election results were delivered on the night of the election. Do y'all remember that? And you know what? That was before I got Jeff Holt in here. By the way, he's going to be a guest on Lorraine's program coming up next. Uh, you need to hear this guy. He's going to be on my program next week. But he's shaking his head yes. You know what? They didn't have machines, and they got the results in the very same night with human beings going 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And we didn't even have to take our shoes and socks off. All right? We could count. And we've did it for years and years, and we got the results in the night of the election. And now we have all these magic black boxes that are going to... Remember, they told us all this stuff is supposed to make our life easier. All of this technology is about making life easier and quicker. And they, the, the push of technology is so that we have more spare time to be creative and do all of these things they've been telling us about technology over the years, starting with the Industrial Revolution going all the way back to the Industrial Revolution, all right? They said, look, adopt these ways of building things, and your life will be easier, quicker, cleaner. The air. I'm telling you, and it has all been true, until for whatever reason, now that we've got all these magic electronic black boxes to count our ballots, we can't get a result in for two weeks. We can't get a result in that night. So... The uh, Republican Party of Gillespie County, um, to the chagrin of then uh, president of the Republican, of the chairman of the Republican Party in Gillespie County, who was dead set against uh, hand counting um, when the precinct chairs voted to do hand counting in this year's primary, um, rather than working with the majority that had just voted to do that and say, all right, I lost this vote. But I'm going to work with these guys because I'm the responsible chairman of the Republican Party. What did he do? He quit. He quit that night. He just walked out of the meeting after the vote didn't go his direction. So we're having hand counting in Gillespie County. And I'm telling you, I've had a lot of people say, oh, you just can't do hand counting. And it just blows my mind. What do you mean we can't? We did it for decades and decades. And we still have number two pencils. We still have papers. So I went to the hand count yesterday, training, um, two hours. You have to go twice. So I went to my first session yesterday. I'm going to my second one tomorrow. I'm going to go to more than two. But it is so brain-numbingly easy and quick. I, If you haven't seen a demonstration of this hand count, and you have anything negative to say to the hand count, I'm going to put my hand up in your face and say, speak to the hand. Stop. 
Because if you're putting down the hand count and you have not seen the process, then you absolutely 100% without any doubt in my mind have no idea what you're talking about, period. End of discussion. You don't know what you're talking about. You work in teams of five. There is, unless all, unless all five members of your team were to go into a conspiracy that all would be, uh, all would be um, uh, uh, felons if they were caught, this is such an amazingly easy and honest way to count. And I did ask uh, Jeanette yesterday, I said, all right, I figured out how to cheat on the hand count. And she t- and sh- and I said, so do we know who our groups are going to be before we get there? And she said, no, you're going to know your. So therefore, that eliminates the chance of five people uh, deciding to become felons and working together because you're not going to know who's on your team until you get there or very shortly before. All right. So there's going to be no time to conspire with anyone. They have over 200 people signed up to do hand-counting ballots. I watched last night. I can almost tell you, I can tell you for a, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to go out on the line. You can mark this. It is 9.54 on January 24th, 2024. We will have the hand-counted ballots in, the results in sooner than any of the last um, 10 elections in Gillespie County. I got. I can guarantee. I, well, I can't guarantee that, but I'm going to make a, a prediction right now. No, it's not a prophecy. It's a prediction from a human, and I'm going to tell you that our election results in Gillespie County are going to be in and finalized quicker than any of the last ten elections, twenty years, ten years, ten elections, where we've had ballots counted by machine. I promise you they're going to be done quicker. I, it's just that simple, and it is so open and so honest, and there are so many catches in it. In fact, yesterday at one part in my, my job, there are three different jobs on these teams of five, and we were all taking turns doing the three different jobs. And at one point when I got the job of what's called the echo, I decided to echo an incorrect number just to see. And I didn't do it. I didn't check with the trainers. I didn't ask beforehand. In fact, one of the trainers was standing there and I looked down and I knew it was, uh, uh, it was going to be 13 was the next number. And I looked down and I went 14 and immediately two of the five people, um, one of them wouldn't know the count. So that's one. I know the count. That's two. The other three, um, immediately said, stop, because they saw the act, they saw that it was wrong. This is how double, it is double checked as you go. And at the end of every 50 votes, it's double checked again. It is so amazingly simple, so amazingly accurate, and has so many checks in it that if I hear you or anyone, oh, and by the way, uh, I'm even afraid to say this. There's a famous tea in England. If you go to England, anywhere in the British Isles, and you have afternoon tea, all right, the tea they serve you in England, everyone's favorite in the British Isles, and any of my uh, listeners from over there, you're already saying it's they're called TP tips, all right? 
TP Tips, and they're advertising for years, and they've dropped this advertising, but their advertising for years was um, so easy even a monkey could do it. All right, that was their advertising for their tea. A good cup of tea was so easy to make that even a monkey could do it. I think it would take five monkeys, but they'd have to have at least a fourth grade education. I'm serious, that's how easy the hand count is. All right, we're going to go to um, Romans 10. Have you all looked up Romans 13 yet? (laughs) Yeah, we're going to Romans 10, don't worry. We'll do 13 some other day. But I'm down at verse 11. He says, for the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. I love that line. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then verse 14, I think, is written backwards. I think these questions should have been put in the exact off, uh, opposite direction. But we're going to go with the direction that they were recorded. It says, how then will they call on him who they have not believed? So how can you call on someone that you don't believe? And then it says, how will they believe in him who they've not heard? So you can't call on him unless you believe him. And you can't believe in him unless you've heard him. And how will they hear without a preacher? And then how will they preach unless they've been sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. All right. And so this is uh, this was the scripture that came out to me and um, yesterday afternoon. And I just wanted to share it with you. And who knows where who's listening to that? I have a special prayer request for a friend of mine who needs a job. Please, please, just God knows who it is. Special prayer request for a friend of mine who needs a job. So that is going out. Folks, y'all stay tuned. We've uh, got Lorraine coming up, and uh, I'll be back in here. Manana, Jeff Holt in the house.